This is Chloe. Today, I want to explore where science and technology affect people's psychology and what mental illnesses result from it. In addition, I want discover people's mental health, why people's mental health is affected, and what we can do to improve our to improve and change this situation. First, I want talk something about the stress and doubt in the di- in this digital age. Technology is everywhere. Mobile phones have become an essential part of everyday life. According to the research, almost everyone on their own smartphones and. While mobile phones were originally designed to facilitate phone calls on the go, the mobile consumer survey suggests a third of smartphone users don't actually make traditional voice calls at all. Instead, our phones are used as mobile computers for checking email, shopping online, accessing news. Download, downloading music and videos, engaging in social media, ordering food, looking at maps, and we literally have the internet in our pocket at all times and can seemingly find out the answer to almost any question at the touch of a button. But while these advancements in technological functionality. Functionality and access are amazing. They come at a cost. There is evidence that we are becoming over-dependent, or even possibly addicted to our phones. Think about how you feel when you realize you have forgotten your phone, or left it behind somewhere. It can be uncomfortable, isn't it? In fact, recent research has shown that some people experience significant stress and anxiety when they are separated from their phones, and can even exhibit withdrawal-like symptoms comparable to those usually seen when someone has an addiction. Some research has even shown that high levels of engagement with smartphones and multimedia technology. Maybe physically changing our brain structure and function. So, what is it about technology that is making many of us anxious and stressed? Firstly, this is one of the mental illness is perpetual distraction. So, I want. Play a audio to introduce what is perpetual distraction on our brains. When you get an instant message with a link to a funny photo, which of course you have to share, and now you're reading your Facebook news wall, which sends you to a video of a panda bear attacking a kid, and now you're reading Wikipedia to learn everything you can about the violent behavior of panda bears. And this is what three minutes on the internet can be like. We live like this all the time, and it has to have some kind of effect on us. 
the net is making us more superficial as thinkers. That is Nicholas Carr. He is the author of The Shallows, What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. To understand this whole thing better, we need to go way back in time to say, like, the prehistoric age. You wanted to know everything going on around you because the more you knew about your surroundings, the less likely you were to get attacked by a predator. And there's even evidence that our brains release some dopamine, pleasure-producing uh, neurotransmitter chemical, to reward us for seeking out and finding new information. So getting distracted felt good and helped us stay alive. But the problem is that nowadays, predators aren't much of an issue, but we still have the same brains. And also, there's the internet, which is... It's an incredibly information-rich environment uh, that the net creates for us, and that's why we use it so much. I, I mean, sounds, pictures, words, text. And what this tends to do is, is promote a sort of compulsive behavior, in which we're constantly checking our smartphone, constantly glancing at our email inbox. We're kind of living in this perpetual state of distraction and interruption. Which is dangerous because... That mode of thinking crowds out the more contemplative, calmer modes of thinking. And that focused, calm thinking is actually how we learn. It's a process called memory consolidation. And that means the transfer of information from our short-term working memory to our long-term memory. And it's through moving information from your working memory to your long-term memory that you create connections between that information and everything else you know. So you've got this awesome life-changing piece of information in your short-term memory, but then you hear that email ding and poof, there it goes. That email takes its place and you never get a chance to learn anything all because of one distraction. So attention is the key, and if we lose control of our attention or are constantly dividing our attention, uh, then we don't really enjoy that consolidation process. But I can hear it now. Someone out there is saying, uh, what does learning matter if all the information in the world is just a Google search away? Well... Um, that is kind of shortchanging our intellects. If that's the way you're using your mind, just kind of searching very quickly and finding information and then forgetting it very quickly, you're never building knowledge. You're simply, you're, you're kind of thinking like a computer. Which means that our very humanity is at stake. And it would be a shame if we all got assimilated because, well, humanity is pretty neat. I really believe that if you look at the great monuments of, of culture, they come from people who are able to pay attention, who control their mind. That's what allows us to think in the highest terms, and think conceptually, think critically, uh, think in some very creative ways. And it's this kind of thinking that's at risk, being eroded one cute cat video at a time. Don't get us wrong, the internet is good for lots of things and it should be celebrated. But the best thing we can do for our minds is to find some time every day to unplug, calm down, and focus on one thing at a time. Your email and those cats will be here when you get back. Okay, that's one of the mental illness caused by the technology, that is perpetual destruction. And the second mental illness is about our sleep. Many of us use our phone at bedtime. When we get into bed, intended to go to sleep, but 
we just want to check our phone, maybe just for a second, to find out something like tomorrow weather, and then an hour later, maybe we are watching a totally random video, try to decide whether we hear a computerized voice saying the word "yanny" or "lottery." Looking at our phones when we should be going to sleep has a double warming effect of overstimulating our brains, making it harder to wind down and switch off, and exposing us, exposing us to blue light from the screen. Research suggests that blue screen exposure can reduce melatonin production, which interrupts our circadian rhythm. For example, sleep-waking cycles, making it harder for us to fall and stay asleep. Unfortunately, poor sleep tends to mean poor resilience and higher levels of anxiety and stress. The third influence is about work and life balance. While in the past, there was often a clear boundary between where work life ended and home life began, this area is now very much gray. Most of us have our work emails on our phones, making us constantly available and contactable. This makes it very difficult for us to ever truly disengage from work and relax. So, all of the things are all the negative effects of technology use. But technology also helps us positive aspects. For example, we can stay connected with our families and friends. Also, help us make contact with other people during difficult times like this pandemic time. We can use technology to continue to study. Yes, and for older for older people, the ability to connect with other people through、so、technology is essential, important because,、um, like the long term of isolation and depression can make the old el elder people. Under too much pressure because of the long, the lonely, loneliness. So, the technology appears to act, act as a protective factor for bereaving older adults. So, finally, I want to talk something about how we deal with. Technology and our mental health. Firstly, about our smartphones. The first tip to help us create boundaries with technology is to put our phone, mobile phone on silent during work hours or place in a different room or drawer. By removing our phone from our immediate immediate environment. We should be less inclined to check our phone for messages and notifications.
also the distracting sights to help us focus on at work or study to stop ourselves from logging into distract- distracting sites. We can try the Google extension Stay Focused. That's a site. With this extension, we can make a list of banned sites that you that we are not allowed to waste during certain hours. So that's very helpful website. Then we have seven ways to manage the impact of technology on sleep. Firstly, we can do not put the television in the bedroom and restrict technology use at least one hour before going to sleep. This includes watching t- television or tablet, playing games, working on laptop, using our mobile phone, engaging with social media. Also, in addition, put our mobile phone on silent, or enforce boundaries and let people know that you will not answer text, phone calls, or email between the certain times. Also, we can keep our room dim at night to help stimulate melatonin. So, this is my podcast about the technology with the mental health. Thank you for listening.